You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Dan here with you, and uh, welcome to Sundays at Home. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, just appreciate uh, you joining us today, and we're going to do what we can to uh, keep us rooted in faith as the winds of change blow throughout our community and throughout our world. Um, so we're going to do some, some continue to do these videos and stay connected this way. Um, it can be disorienting, you know, it's a new day. Uh, we've never been here before, and it requires new wisdom and new understanding and uh, and new ways of just understanding what God's asking us to do in the world. And I just want to encourage you as we go through this, um, continue to just guard how much news you take in. And when I say news, I mean just, you know, from the media and things out there. It's good to be informed, uh, but just like we manage the diet that we put in our body, we need to manage the diets we're putting in our minds and in our soul. And I just want to encourage you, you know, they say we are what we eat. And uh, make sure that you have a, a balanced diet of both truth, the wisdom of God, uh, and mixed with, you know, the information that's going on around us. Um, for me, it's been a range of emotions. You know, some days I feel great. I'm like, I enjoy the time with my family. I always enjoy the time with my family. But there are other days it can be very disorienting and uh, just not sure what's going on. Every day seems to bring with it uh, some new information, some new understanding. Um, you know, I had a lot of plans. We talked about this last week. I had a lot of plans. We had the Something New Conference, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to have to cancel that. Uh, not able to, to do that as a gathering uh, right now is just not a great idea, and it's not, uh, not, not helpful. Um, so uh, the good news is Greg Hubbard, who is going to be our guest speaker for that Something New Conference, has recorded a message and uh, unique for Lifetree. And so you'll get to hear from him next Sunday. So he would have been here with us next Sunday, so we'll get to hear from him. So excited for that. Um, but many other things are canceled. You know, the missions trip, I was looking forward to going with my, my son and the rest of the people from our church. And, uh, you know, very just disappointed, you know, bummed out. It was going to be a great time his first time. We were looking forward to it. Been talking about it for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, just plans, change of plans. Man, I was going to introduce him to the churro lady. I mean, this was going to be, you know, his coming-of-age moment. You know, you get to meet the churro lady. You get to eat some street tacos in Mexico. You know, it was, uh, it was going to be great. And uh, plans. Plans change. You know, I don't know. I was looking forward to it, but we've all had plans change. You know, I know you've had trips canceled, and uh, some of you have even lost employment. Uh, I know weddings have been canceled, and all sorts of things. Seasons, school, <coughs> excuse me, plays, all sorts of things. Again, allergies. Not Corona. I'm good. Um, all sorts of things getting canceled, and it's just been, it's been hard. Last week we shared the story of Jonah, and looked at his story and just talked about a change of plans through the eyes of Jonah. Um, that a change of plans reveals our heart. And if you remember the story of Jonah, he's a guy. God said, "Hey, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and tell people there that they're not living the way they're supposed to be living, uh, and that I'm going to bring my judgment upon them." Jonah says. Uh, no. And he goes the other direction. He runs away, gets on a boat. A storm comes up. The sailors are not sure what to do. They draw straws to see what's going on. Jonah's name, it, it falls on him. And they say, all right, man, who are you? And what's going on? He says, oh, it's nothing. It's just that the God I serve, who happens to be the God of sea and the God of all creation, uh, he told me to do something and I'm running away. And they were like, what's wrong with you? And uh, so Jonah says, hey, here's a solution. Just throw me overboard. And uh, everything will be solved. They say, I don't want to do that. They try everything they can. It's just not happening. They send a prayer, God, forgive us for this. 
throw Jonah overboard, says instantly, instantly the storm stops. Um, sailors vow right then and there to worship God. Jonah goes under the water, says he's swallowed by a great fish, that he lives in the belly of this fish for three days, kind of just, you know, uh, processing what got, his, what, what, what got him into this situation. This fish, the fish spits him up back on the water, back on the beach, and uh, God says to Jonah, okay, you get a second chance here now. Jonah, uh, you can you can you know do what I asked again, or we can go through this again. And Jonah says, "No, I'm good." He goes to Nineveh, shares the message. Uh, it's an amazing story. The people listen, they respond. An entire city is responsive to the message of God. They they turn to God. They they do everything. It's a great story, except for the fact that Jonah is very selfish about this. He's like, "Now I look stupid because I said judgment was going to come." God, you do what you always do. You show grace and you show mercy, and God just relents. And uh, so Jonah's pouting. God challenges him. Are you, should you be angry about this? And uh, we just talked about how a change of plans can reveal our heart. When things don't go the way that we anticipate, it reveals really what our heart cares about. Are we more concerned with our own you know, well-being and what, what goes good for us and how it makes us look or the actual good of others? And uh, it's a, it just reveals our heart. He was more concerned you know, with his reputation than with the well-being of an entire city. 120,000 people in the city of Nineveh and Jonah, all he cared about was himself. We're even seeing that now, you know, with just the, the tension between those going, uh, you know, continuing to go out and socialize and spring break, you know, hey, it's my time, you know, you can't tell me what to do, and the tension between, hey, what's the greater good? Well, it's my good, it's, you know, and this this sort of tension, and it's even happening now, it's, it's, it's interesting. Back in Jonah's day, today, no difference. The same thing, that change of plans reveals what's in our hearts. And so a change of plans can really can be like a mirror, you know, revealing what's inside of us and, and who we care about most. Um, and it can be a revealing season, and that can be a good thing. It can be a great opportunity uh, that God has given us here. Um, and today I want to kind of explore what else a change of plans can reveal. Um, so again, we're going to go back to Jonah, because uh, he had a plan, remember? His plan was to do the opposite of what God wanted him to do. Um, he was going to run away, not give the people of Nineveh a chance to be forgiven because he didn't want to look dumb. So he didn't want to give them a chance. He ran away. As we said last week, you know, Jonah was a real winner. Uh, he was not the hero in this story at all. Um, so I have a question. How well did Jonah's plans work out? How well did his plans work out? Because um, I would say it failed spectacularly. It was an absolute disaster. Everything that he wanted to do, man, he ended up, you know, overboard, you know, causing fear among the whole a ship full of people, right? He's in the belly of a, of, a, of a fish for three days. I'm sure that was a great experience, right? Now he's sitting here humiliated because his ego is on the line and uh, a whole city is rejoicing at coming to God and Jonah's, he's struggling here. Uh, his plan never materialized. And I, I've probably heard it said, you know, if, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Um, you know, you've probably heard that before. Um, I just want to encourage you, that's not in the Bible, <laughs> um, though there may be a measure of truth in it, uh, it paints God as sort of this you know, guy who takes delight in our suffering and, and in disrupting us. And, and that's just, that's not God at all. So there are some things that the Bible do, does say about planning. And I want to I just share some of that with you today. Proverbs 21.5, uh, King Solomon wrote this. He says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Okay, so planning is wise. And it leads to blessing. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Again, Proverbs 24, 27 says, Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Again, we're encouraged to plan. 
We should absolutely plan. Keep planning. It's a good thing. It's helpful. Again, Proverbs 20:18. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. We should talk to others about our plans. We should give advice. So planning is good. It's encouraged. It's, it's wise. It's, it's a good thing to do. God tells us to plan. But there's something that we need to remember in our planning. And the brother of Jesus, James, he highlights it for us. We pick it up in James chapter 4. I'm going to read it for you. It says this. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. It says in verse 14, how do you know? How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. This is what you ought to say. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, otherwise, he says, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and such boasting is evil. See, the, the truth is we can and we should make plans. We should absolutely make plans. But we have no idea if they're going to happen. How do you know? How do you know what tomorrow is going to bring? I didn't, think, I didn't envision this. Did anybody? Nobody saw this coming. Everybody is making predictions. Those are good things. Everybody is planning. They're, they're educated people trying to project what's going to happen in the coming weeks and months. And those are good things. It's helpful for us. We need to be prepared for, for what could happen. But the, but the truth is, none of us know what's actually going to happen. Nobody actually can predict with clarity what's actually going to happen in the days to come. Nobody knows. And here's what James reveals for us. That our plans are fragile. Our plans are fragile. He says they're like the morning vapors, the mist, the fog, right? We can and should plan. We should make them, but they can vaporize in a moment, right? We had so much planned. That's out the window right now. I had so many things planned. I had a full calendar planned. Think about all that you have planned. Some of you have lost jobs. You've canceled meetings. You never thought you'd cancel. You had trips that you were sure you've been planning for years, perhaps, and those things are off right now. We knew how this year was going to play out. I had very clear. I can show you, again, my Google Drive. I had it very laid out. I can show you how this year was going to go. Only now it's not. I had all these plans. And they're like the morning fog. They're gone. Plans are fragile. Jonah found that out. Plans are fragile. You make the plans. But you don't know what's going to happen. And here's the second part of what a change in plans reveals, right? A change in, in plans reveals who is in control. A change of plans reveals who is in control. And I've got news. It's, uh, it's not us. We're not in control. Have never been in control. I could have, if I could have controlled it, I would have. Obviously, I couldn't have because I didn't. Right? We can't control these things. The truth is I was never in control. Even when things were going as I thought that they would. That wasn't me being in control of them. It's not like I lost control in the past few weeks. I had everything, and somehow we goofed, and we lost control. We didn't do anything to lose control. The truth is, we never had control. See, smooth sailing can be an illusion. It can make you think, oh, I know how to do this. I'm good. But then all of a sudden, a storm comes up, and we realize, oh boy, I was never actually in control. Life was just a little smoother. So it was an illusion, right? I'm not in control of how things are going in this life, right? Nobody is in control of how things are going in this life. None of us are in control. Listen, the government is not in control, right? Do they look, let me ask you, do they look like they have this under control? And this is not to demean, I know they're doing the best. The, the point is not to make fun or to, to point fingers at anyone, but the point is simply to say nobody has this in control. 
Nobody is, is telling things what to do and they're happening. We're all reacting and responding to things that are out of our control. So the government is not in control. The wealthy are not in control. The healthy are not in control. And I know this because they're in their houses too. Right? We're all not in control. None of us have the power to see our plans through. I think you'll agree that the effects of this virus have revealed how fragile our plans can be. They're so easily thwarted. So I'm sure by now you're feeling so encouraged. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for this wonderful message. Thanks for encouraging us. I'm glad I, I, I turned it on. And we can actually see the analytics to know how many of you have turned off by this point. So please don't. Hopefully, if you're still here, good, because I have good news, because you know that's how it goes. We have to give ourselves reality first before we can understand then what, what the truth of the matter is. So here we go. I've got good news. In our own strength, our plans are worthless, but... The psalmist writes words that are so encouraging to us. These soul-calming words. Psalm 33.10 says, The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. Hmm. Verse 11. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. I just want you to hear that again. Right? God's plans are firm forever, never shaken. Can we say that again? Firm forever, Never shaken. Those are the plans of God. Right? There's no power anywhere that can thwart the plan of God. There's no power on earth, on heaven, nothing. His plans are firm. How long? Forever. Unshakable plans. If he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. See, that's if you want to hear something really encouraging, okay, so God, firm forever, never shaken, that's his plans. But here's the really encouraging thing. Psalm 138, King David writes this. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. So, God has a unique plan for you and for me, right? So, let me ask. If God, whose plans are firm forever, has a unique plan for you and for me, what can COVID-19, what can the coronavirus do to thwart God's plans for your life? What can God's, what, what can this virus, what can what's going on, what can it do to thwart God's plans for your life? Um, nothing. It can do nada, it can do zilch to change God's plan for your life. It can do as much as your boss can do to change God's plans for your life. It can do as much as the president or any government agency can do to thwart God's plans for your life. It can do as much as anyone alive can do to thwart God's plans for your life. It can do as much as any natural disaster can do to thwart God's plans for your life. It can do as much as any economic crisis can do to thwart God's plans for your life. As, as much as any threat on your life and well-being, here's the point. Nothing, nothing can thwart God's plan for your and my life. Nothing. He sits on the throne and he promises that he will work out all the plans for our lives. Okay. Firm forever, never shaken. Now, it's important to understand this next piece, right? A very familiar verse spoken through the prophet Jeremiah 29.11. You've heard this verse probably so many times. It says, For I know what the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Right? So many hear this, and, and what, what, when, they, when they hear this, they think God promises ease and comfort and safety. Right? And God was speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to a people that were in captivity by Babylonians. At this time, they were going to continue to be in captivity, right? They were, they were suffering. They were conquered people. And God was not promising them smooth sailing. He was actually telling them, listen, life's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. You're going to stay in this captivity for a season. 
there's going to be a time of suffering. But that suffering has an expiration date, and I'm going to see you through this, is what God says. My plan is to sustain you, not to shelter you, but to sustain you through it. Don't let the hard times cause you to lose trust in me, is what God is telling us here. I'm still here, right? Good is coming. Do not lose hope. Don't lose hope. While you walk through the valley, I will be with you. While you go through the suffering, I'm with you. I know my plan for you. Right? My plan is not to take you out of the suffering, but to be with you in the suffering. Good is coming, but my plan for you will not be thwarted. It's easy to see why that perspective is so important to understand that piece of this, because it calibrates our expectations. Right? Without it, we look at the world and say, how could God be in control if there's all this suffering? Right? How could God be in control if there's all this suffering? But with it, we understand, oh, the suffering doesn't mean God's not in control. The suffering is, is a reality, yes, but it doesn't thwart God's plan for my life because he will walk us through this. Right? It's hard for sure. It's not what we want, but I can maintain trust because I know God is in control. The hardest part is the side of us that wishes God would let us know the plan. I'll be honest. That's me. I just wish, God, listen, I trust you. I trust you have a plan, right? I trust that, that you're going to do something here, right? We can't just say you have a plan. It's not easy to say that. But, God, I trust that you have a plan. But, God, couldn't you just let me see a little bit of it? Wouldn't you just, couldn't you just, like, peel back the curtain and let me kind of know what you're doing here? God, that would be so great if you would do that. We can read Jeremiah 29, 11 and be okay with it because we know how it ends, Right? We know that God leads them out of it. We're like, okay, God, we know how you do that. But it must have been hard to hear for the people in it. Right? For us, we're in it right now. We're not on the other side of it. So it's hard to hear in it. Right? It's, it's so much harder to know when, that it's going to work out when, when you haven't seen it work out yet. We're in the midst of it. Why doesn't God just tell me the plan? It would make me feel so much better. For one, I want to just say this. I don't think I could even handle if God told me all his plans. I don't. I think if God told me everything, I would just screw it up. I would get in the way. I don't think I could handle all the plans of God. I think, right, in the natural, I go, man, it would make me feel so much better if I could see how this all works out, right? If I could see what the end is going to look like. But it's, it's like they say about kids, right? They're excellent listeners and terrible analysts. I think it's the same for us, right? We're, we're, we're wonderful, wonderful listeners, but we're terrible analysts. If God poured out his wisdom to us and told us the whole plan, we would hear it, but we wouldn't know what to do with it. We couldn't process it, right? Our bodies, our souls wouldn't be mature enough to handle it, to understand all the complexities of what, of what God has planned for this world. And second, here's the second part of this. That's never been the goal, right? The goal has never been to understand all the plans of God. It's never been that way. I came across this verse, and it really hit me as I was preparing for this message. I mean, I just... I connected some dots, and it was, it was just, wow, I'm going to share it with you right now. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. We talk about love all the time, right? Everybody, everybody's good with love, right? We know this. We're very familiar with this. And it says this in, in verse 1. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All right, verse 2 now. Here's where it comes, ready? Verse 2. And if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans... Read that again. If I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I knew everything, if I knew how it all was going to work out, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, 
I would be nothing. Wow. Wow, I don't know if you're getting it, but it hit me right there. That even if I understood all the plans, even if I knew what God's plan was for this, why are we doing this? If I had all those answers of why, if I could understand all the why questions, right, that that wouldn't be worth anything. It wouldn't fix anything on its own. Understanding why is not enough. We could know all the plans and it wouldn't help anybody. The goal has never been to figure it all out. That's never been the goal. You could have it all, God says, and it wouldn't be enough. It would still be nothing because the charge has been crystal clear. Our job is not figuring it out. Our job is to love others. No matter what happens, our job is to love others. God is pointing out where our focus should be right now in this season, and it's not trying to figure out the plan. It's not trying to say, well, I think God is doing this, and I think God is doing this, and I think... No, that doesn't matter. Let God do the planning. His plans are good. The point is not for us to figure out His plans. The goal for us is to love others. See, the original intent behind this series for us, we were hoping to explore the story of Jonah and challenge us to examine if we actually loved our city, our community. Because a change of plans puts our love for others to the test. I just think we had no idea how dramatic this test was going to be and how dramatic the change of plans was going to be. But I still think God wants us to search our hearts in this season right now and to say, what is this revealing? It's just on a, on a huge level. This is like SAT level, right? Like, what is in your heart? I'm certain that God still wants us to check our hearts. So let me ask you today, what is this change of plans revealing in your heart? What is it revealing for you? How are you handling the fact that you're not in control? How are you dealing with that? What is, what is manifesting in your life? What is it showing about yourself? Is your trust in God's control being challenged by all that's going on? Are you beginning to doubt? Are you being pushed farther away? Let me tell you, during this season right now, a, a huge indicator is if you're drawing closer to God or if you feel yourself distancing from Him. God doesn't move. So what is the change of plans telling you about your relationship with God? Is your relationship with God dependent on your sense of control in your world? Or have you truly submitted and trust in faith that he's got this? Because it's, it's, it's tremendously revealing, right? Are you going into protection mode? Are you just caring about you and your, your own and, and yourself? And really, I don't really care what happens to everybody else as long as we, I have to go into survival mode. It's about protecting my own, right? What is it revealing about your heart? Is your heart genuinely turned towards others? Listen, God has always been in control. We should absolutely make plans. It's wise. We just have to remember that our plans are like the mist. They're gone in a moment. But the plans of God are never thwarted. No matter what challenges may come, the plans of God are never thwarted. And the world, here, here's what we need to this is so good. The world will know of God's love for them by our love for each other. So this is an opportunity. This season is, is such a moment for the church, for the for the family of God to rise up and display love in just unusual ways. This is our moment to rise up, church. I'm telling you, the world will know of God's love for them by our love for, the, for each other. Right? The way that we love right now. This is going to tell the world how good God is and how real He is. Because it's not natural to love. Right now, it's natural to, 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 to protect. Right? To only care about self. A change of plans reveals that. It's, it's what everybody else is, is, so many are doing. But when God has your heart, right, we begin to love each other. 
It's very simple. Love is patient. First Corinthians goes on, love is kind. How patient are we being in this season? How kind are we being in this season? Right? Love is not jealous. Right? Are we sitting there going, man, they've got three packs of toilet paper. I'm so jealous. Right? Love is not boastful. I have three packs of toilet paper, right? Are we, love is not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. Right? It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. Oh, man, we're staying at home. It's so easy right now to be irritable because all of our routines are messed up and we're in such close proximity to each other. Love is not irritable. It's an opportunity. It's a moment for us to display the love of God. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Don't keep score about what people are doing and how awful they are and how they're going to get there someday. Don't, don't do that. That's not love. Love doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Oh, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I'm telling you, what our world needs in this moment is for us to be loving this is a moment, a change of plans. It's an opportunity for us. The world needs the love of God more than ever right now. Our world needs the love of God more than ever. That's our job number one. Not figuring it all out. Not trying to figure out what God is doing in all this. Right? But it's to say, how can we be loving people? If we trust that God has this in his good and strong hands, let me tell you, we're going to find peace. When we trust, two things are going to happen. One, when we know that God's got a plan, we find peace. But two, the world receives the love that they so desperately need. Our world is, uh, our world is staggering under the fear of the unknown, of, not, of recognizing that they are not in control, but not knowing who is. Our world is, is spiraling right now. They're trying to figure it out. They're disoriented. And guess what? In times of fear, perfect love casts out fear. It's our opportunity to love people to stability, to love them to that firm foundation, to the unshakable, firm, forever God who loves them. That's what we're here to do. So I just want to close in prayer today, church. Encourage you, just let's let this be our moment, our shining moment to love through. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know what it's going to be, but we know that day by day by day, our task is to love. And if we do that, God will make the way clear for us. Let's just start there. Let's just, would you, would you close in prayer with me this morning? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray through the rest of that 1 Corinthians passage. Would you, just, would you just pray with me as we close this morning? Heavenly Father, we need you today. We know that love will last forever. Today our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When we were children, we spoke and thought and reasoned as children. But when we grew up, we put away childish things. And right now, we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But one day, we're going to see everything with perfect clarity. All that we know now is partial and incomplete. But then, we will know everything completely, just as you now know us completely. You promise these Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Heavenly Father, we ask you, help us to love in these times like we've never loved before. Amen. Amen. Love you, church. 
and looking forward to the time we get to be together again in person. Until then, God is good all the time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com. 